Hello, and welcome to Teaching, Learning, and Everything Else. A series of conversations with innovative educators at colleges and universities across the country and around the world. This podcast is produced by faculty and staff in the Center for the Advancement of Teaching and Faculty Development at Xavier University of Louisiana. And now, let's talk about teaching, learning, and everything else. I'm Bart Everson. I'm here with Elizabeth Yost Hammer in the first floor of Xavier University of Louisiana's administration building. And we're talking with Robin Vander, uh, founder of the Performance Studies Laboratory, and Ron Bechet of the Performance and Art Department, or is it Art and Performance? Art and Performance. And we're here because of this amazing, immersive installation. Uh, yes, I'm thrilled to be here, and thank you, Robin and Ron, for uh, joining us today and giving us a tour of this. And I think we wanted to ask, first and foremost, what is the purpose of this? And then maybe you could give us a tour. So uh, first, I'm one of the co-founders of the Performance Studies Lab. Um, so the purpose was just sort of kind of taking into consideration what we've been through as a community these last couple of years from the pandemic. You know, we're continuing to experience issues around Black Lives Matter. You know, we're looking at violence against women, sexual violence, violence against members of the LGBTQ community. Um, you know, we've had natural disasters. We've had the hurricanes most recently. You know, at the beginning of the year, we had Hurricane Ida, our academic year. And then to add insult to injury, if that wasn't enough, coming back to campus in spring 2022, you know, we have these threats to our security on campus. I'm going to say it that way, right? And that's a lot. That it is, yeah. You know, trying not to, to you know, have any triggers. It's a lot for any person to absorb, but imagine those of us who are on the campus, either as students, you know, for so many students, the campus has been their sanctuary. Or for those of us who are faculty, staff, administrators, who are really leaning into making sure they're okay, but then the question is, are we okay? So the project was really to get to a point where we could have what we're calling sort of a reset. Um, where, you know, it's set in the middle of foot traffic in this major building on campus where just for a moment we're asking you to step off of that beaten path, literally and figuratively, and check into various spaces that allow you to check into yourself. You know, to be self-reflexive, to be contemplative, and hopefully get to the point where you feel yourself exhaling, you feel yourself pivoting, to put yourself on a better course, to, to being healthy and, and um, better balanced, and to know that this is here for, for the community. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, there's a lot going on here. Maybe you could give us a uh, tour. There is a lot going on. Um, when I first thought about it, I wanted movement. I wanted a balance between movement and restfulness. And so there, there were three people I reached out to, you know, as my, my partners in, in good crime. <laughs> um, Ron Bechet, who's here with us. Um, Mapo Kennard, who is also a professor in uh, art and performance. She's also the chair of that program, as well as Mrs. Nanette Smith, who is uh, in, uh, in administration, institutional advancement. 
And so, you know, we met in this space, looked at it, and we knew we wanted something big, like a labyrinth. And then we wanted sandboxes. And we, we looked online, and then, you know, of, of course, the creative folks are like, let's build a labyrinth, let's make a labyrinth. And so where we are now is standing at the first, uh, the foot of the first completed labyrinth that um, Ron and Mapo uh, developed. So Ron, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, and the whole purpose that Robin uh, mentioned was for a labyrinth is to actually you know, get one to contemplate um, a bit more about uh, uh, where they're going and what they're doing. And, and so on. And so this particular labyrinth uh, is an interesting one because a poem, and I looked at several of them, and uh, they're usually um, one way in, one way out. And we thought, you know, that life is not like that. Life is more than one way in and one, more than one, one way out, and a lot of choices to make. And so this particular labyrinth, uh, there are ways in, and there are choices to make. You can go one way or you can go another, but they all lead to the center. And so uh, the whole idea of getting to the center is, is uh, the purpose of this labyrinth. And so we wanted to use that as a metaphor of getting to uh, our own center and uh, making choices in order to get to that point. I am so, I'm, I'm going to chime in. I'm so glad that uh, you said that when I was playing on this yesterday, uh -huh. and it was, was a feeling of kind of play and relaxation on, on the different installations here. First thing I said is like, oh, there's choices. I yes. have to make choices in that, and um, it, that made it kind of fun to make a decision at each point. So yeah. that's interesting that you're emphasizing that. Yeah. And so we thought, particularly for our students, they're at the point where they are making choices, and uh, they made a choice to come here, made a choice to come to college, and they're going to make many more choices while they're here. And so it, it's we thought it was a perfect idea to to have them think through uh, the fact that they still have choices to make. And this is a, a sort of a metaphor for that. And also that um, what's interesting about this labyrinth is that there is no wrong choice. Some choices may take you longer than others to get to the center, but there's no wrong choice. And I think that's a huge lesson you know, in understanding the twists and turns of life. It keeps moving forward, but it may not be linear. But, it, but you're going to get there. And I think that also encourages a, a gracefulness, you know, in, in, in the process. Uh, yeah. And so, it's so important, I think, for our students who often tend to come in with this end goal in mind, right. yes. yeah. not realizing there's going to be a lot of yes. choices and turns along the way. Right. Yes. I love that. Yeah. This, this is a really organic form as well. It's not uh, very linear. Um, there's a lot of twists and turns that are angular and circular, and, and so uh, we hope that they understand, too, that that's going to be what their choices are about. There's a lot of angles, a lot of twists and turns, and a lot of barriers that they have to overcome or figure out how to go around, and so that's, that's also part of this one. But it's also very rich in color, <laughs> and I think that's important, you know, that regardless of the choices, you know, if you're really taking the, the full view of, of the landscape, it's very rich in color. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sure. a whole spectrum of uh, color in the, Absolutely. In the borders. And that's the spectrum of experiences. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, some are going to, you know, be a little blue, um, and then others going to be really bright and vibrant and, 
Yeah, burdens, you know, remind you of things. So, yeah. 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 Nice, beautiful work. Let's uh, take a look also at some of this other stuff. How about these uh, sandboxes? Elizabeth was particularly enamored <laughs> yes, of yes, these, I know. These are my favorite. <laughs> they are addictive. They are addictive. We had originally thought, you know, we were thinking big. We, you know, this is a huge space. So, you know, our thought was scale, you know. And um, we thought of a life-size sandbox. And then I think just the reality of we were going to construct it. We were going to have it constructed, bring in sand. But then it was trying to navigate how do we get the tools, you know, the, um, Not to mention the, the, the time. equipment, the time, right. <laughs> and so, you know, did a little research and realized there are individual sandboxes that we could use. So we created these stations, which is nice because now people can come in, as we see, and, um, you know, work in groups, work with a friend, or, you know, work alone. And the beauty of that is um, you get to create. And there's something nice about checking out of the day-to-day the -day and checking into um, your own creative processes. That becomes just, uh, again, another means of seeing yourself differently, seeing your circumstances differently. And what I love about the sand is that you keep clearing it, smoothing it out you do another one. You know, it's infinite possibilities. It's infinite possibilities. Again, about choices, you know, uh, there's some choices that, you know, do not end up permanent. Mm -hmm. And as you can change them, you can uh, so-called wipe your slate clean mm -hmm. and move on to the next uh, challenge that you have. The, the one thing I, I, I'm finding most compelling playing with this is, is here we, there's a lot of tools to play with in the sand. So instead of just a single ray, you know, single small, kind of like holding your hand ray, there's also balls with different designs you can roll around and a little kind of comb that you can comb through it and little almost like cookie presses that yes. you can do. And um, yeah, I just, I, I kind of, once I start, I kind of can't look away, <laughs> and it is kind of fun to see how that how that changes. Wipe it clean, start again. Yeah, yeah. It's but very relaxing. But yeah. that's that's the goal is to find something that allows you to relax mm -hmm. in the day to day. But it's not a mindlessness. Mm -hmm. You know, you're literally using this other part of your brain. You're exploring your creativity, and you're like, ah, oh, that didn't work. And you get to, you know, again, wipe it clean, and then start over or refine it. Yeah. yeah. Decide to soften an edge or absolutely sharpen it up. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And you'll see between the two different stations. On one station, on the larger station, we have two spaces, and on the other one, we have one. And we have different tools between the two stations. So I think in this first full week, we've had where people have mixed up the tools and whatnot, and you're supposed to. There's no right or wrong. You know, if, if you don't find something that's creating the image you want on this side, go walk across to the other one and swap out. And then, you know, start. Restart and restart. To me, there seems like something especially therapeutic for academics to practice making marks in sand because, you know, we sponsor a lot of things to try to foster faculty uh, writing. Mm -hmm. 
and putting it in writing and then you know you're committing to just getting it just right and saying the right thing and for you know for posterity and that can be very uh, that can be like a heavy weight right to carry absolutely as a visual artist that was the first uh, way to make art was probably in sand making a mark in sand or in dirt or whatever and uh, probably for academics too some of the first <laughs> written language came out through sand you know yeah. and so we we, uh, we are getting back to basics <laughs> that is awesome but just for the folks who are listening and uh, can't see we should also mention that there are plants yes. uh, potted plants in the corners those aren't so much a th an activity uh, as they are just uh, keeping us company here and refreshing the air and so forth. There's also a, a fountain that you might hear in the background. But why don't you tell us about some of these other spaces? Okay, so across the gallery, this is our, um, what I would say, the least filled space, but that's deliberate because this is the space where everything is readily movable um, without any effort possible. We're gonna do African dance in this space. And so we needed at least one area that was carpeted. And if we fill out, then we'll move into this other space. And because we're only doing four weeks of dance, um, our instructor Kai Knight said that, you know, we could be on the, the harder surface without, you know, risk of injury. So we start out on carpeting. So this is that space. Um, and it's just enough. And what I like is that uh, my pole source, the chairs, and the chairs are whimsical. <laughs> you know, sure. I'm gonna add, the chairs are mermaid chairs. When I said it, I felt like a mermaid. They're seashells. They, they're seashells, and you really kind of, you know, sink into them. Um, and it's kind of cool. And what we'll have, you know, we're still building out the space. So one of the things is the projector, Ron. Um, do you want to? Talk about that? Yeah, so we're going to have projected images on the walls um, that are calming and uh, and have to do with nature. Uh, so we are uh, without without sound, but but mm -hmm. primarily just visual statements, uh, moving images of actually being outdoors uh, in different spaces that we all wish that we sometimes could end up in. Right? And so those will be in two rooms, in this room uh, where the African dance takes place and then any other smaller room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the other rooms, let's move on to this next one. Okay. So one of the things is to encourage a contemplative practice. Um, as I mentioned, one side of the gallery is about movement. So we have those two labyrinths, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about the second one. And this one, in the middle room, this begins a contemplative practice. So over a four-week period, we're asking folks who are leaning into this project to, to just kind of continue thinking about their lives and what they want for themselves. On week one, last week, uh, we started on International Women's Day. And again, taking into consideration everything that we've experienced, it becomes very weighty, whether we're realizing it or not. And so last week, um, we asked folks to think about what is it that you're finally ready to release, to let go of, to, to unburden yourself of the weight of what you've been carrying. And the cards we have, we have cards in the basket, keep a pen. And last week's cards had a, a butterfly. Um, that was cut out, you know, sort of as the, the metaphor of, of something flying away. And so we asked people, you know, 
in a word or a phrase, write down what it is that you're ready to, to release yourself from. And then, and this is the performance aspect, to feel yourself moving over from one realm to the other and placing that card on what we're calling every week, the name changes. I think last week it was the altar of wellness and, you, and yourself and the world. And this week it's the, you know, the altar of clear visions and intent. And so, you know, I think last week we had close to um, 40 cards that were written and placed in the basket. And, you know, we tell everyone, we're not here to read your cards. So there's an ethics of care and trust that's happening. But once people are passing through this space and see those cards um, increasing in the basket, we know someone has an, in, in, an intent. Someone has um, a wish to unburden themselves. And so the goal is everyone who's aware of this project to send up a well wish, good energies, or prayer for that person. Right. So um, that was last week's. This week, now that we're unburdening, week number two is about intention. You know, what do you see for yourself? What's the, what's the goal you have for yourself? And to write it down. And then we'll put that one. And then next week we'll do a, a, a third one. And then the fourth week we'll do one as well. And at the end of the project, we'll take the cards and have them shred into confetti and then put the confetti in small envelopes and anybody who wants confetti to come back and pick up an envelope. So when you finally have something you feel, I'm ready to celebrate, you have confetti, but you know exactly where that confetti came from. And it has meaning to you, you know, it has meaning for you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What intention are you setting for yourself in this season? That's mm -hmm. what it says on the sign. And. Um, Outside, it feels like uh, spring has finally mm -hmm. arrived, like a new season yes. is dawning. So that seems like a very timely question for us this week. Yes. This week here in New Orleans. Uh, but yes, one thing on. that I, I'm really appreciating about getting a special tour here is the the paying attention then to the kind of transforming take, because I just wrote on my card, and now I'm going to walk to the other room and kind of yes. taking the card there and that intentionality. And every time I talk to and learn from artists, I then can take that to the next installation or exhibit I visit to say, ah, oh, but there's something more than just like this is visually right here. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my card to the other room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Robin could talk to as well that uh, since this is an art gallery, usually um, it's difficult sometimes to get the students to understand that they can touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that you know, it's it's also teaching them that there are different kinds of art forms that you can uh, become in, uh, in part of, a part of or uh, interact with, and so it's uh, really important for them to see this as well. Absolutely. In that context. Absolutely. When we first started, I think it was Monday, Ron was um, adjusting the lights, and students were coming in, and they would look, they were curious, and then they would back away. And someone asked us about what we were doing. We said, oh, you know, it's an installation. And they said, you know, people don't think that they can touch. And we're like, no, no, no. We want you to touch. We want you to touch and write and move things around and whatever. And so last week's sign in the hall literally said, walk, touch, <laughs> you know, move around, everything, yeah. Trying to encourage that, yeah. And in the next room is the altar that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. 
So this is the altar that, um, in both of the spaces, you know, we have aromatherapy, we have lights, stay, stay. We have lights, we have candles, um, we have singing bowls for folks who are meditating, and we have had people come through um, to meditate on their own. You know, Bart, thank you for moving your Monday meditation practice to this space um, for the duration of the project. And so this is really a, a place where people have gathered, people have sat alone. Uh, some people have just exhaled, so to speak. I think we've had some folks to come in and, and feel comfortable studying. The space is what you make it. You know, there, there's no right or, or, or wrong way to, to be in the space. You know, we encourage folks, move the pillows. You know, use them as need be, you know, and put them back. And you don't have to put the pillows back in order. Just put them back so that the next person or the next group of individuals um, to come through have access to the same resources that you've had access, um, that you've accessed. So it, it, I think what we tried to do was create a foundation that encouraged everyone else to imagine how do they see themselves and how might they begin to see themselves and craft paths forward. And this is just the beginning. And tell us about the candles, because the first time I saw this, I thought, well, this could be a little bit of a fire hazard. <laughs> yeah. But no. <laughs> no. Um, love candles, loved, uh, love incense. Um, but we were like, no, no, it's unattended. And so um, we sourced candles. Some of them are, they're all the, the wax candles but they're um, battery operated. And so we have one set that's plain and another set that will change colors. And so we keep the remote controls where when, you know, I've been in the space or crossed paths with students in the space, you know, I've told them where to find the remote control, change the color to fit your mood. Yeah. You know, part of it is also being very honest about how you're feeling. Um, but what's interesting is that, you know, we changed the colors this week. Last week, I think we were maybe in corals and uh, a shade of blue, and no one wanted to change the color. <laughs> and we said, you know, here's the remote control. Um, you know, make yourself comfortable and, and no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We do have uh, singing bowls there mm -hmm. and... Uh, they're not Singles. incense sticks. What are those called? Uh, diffusion sticks? Diffuse, mm -hmm. Oil diffusers. Yeah. Yeah. The goal will be at the end of five weeks, we hope that you will have used all of your physical senses. Mm. So we'll start layering some other things where you'll have the experience of taste. You know, you felt yourself moving. Um, you know, we have to put up, um, we curated a list of. Uh, tunes that are instrumental, that are conducive for meditation or relaxation, and we have a QR code. I just have to get it printed. I need to print and um, put it up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in five weeks, you will have seen something, touched something, heard something, smelled something, and um, we'll get to the, the sense of taste. The sense of taste. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, we started with a labyrinth. Mm -hmm. I guess, are we ending with another labyrinth? Are we labyrinth? With a labyrinth? Uh, Ron, you're up. <laughs> so this one uh, is a sort of a traditional labyrinth where you start 
uh, at the end and you end up in the middle. Uh, but this one, we're hoping that uh, as you go through it, uh, you'll be able to stop and pause along the circles. And those circles are, are then, uh, will have instructions for you to uh, think about, or what to think about actually when you get to those circles mm -hmm. uh, in terms of a meditation point. And so uh, each one of the circles will do that. And so when you get to the center, there'll be a final instruction. Uh, and the students are going to actually uh, complete this one. Uh, so they uh, will get to the work on this one, hopefully by the middle of, uh, uh, or the end of next week, of this week, I'm sorry, and uh, be able to uh, decide on a color and decide on the instructions when you get to each uh, individual circular station. Six okay. stations, so there's yeah. a lot of possibility. Six stations. Also, uh... <laughs> I Elizabeth's trapped in the uh, labyrinth. <laughs> but did I, did I, so, no, you're so you're saying that the, um, you're having your art students actually working on this one. Uh -huh. oh, students so are taking art. <laughs> yeah, okay, students are taking art because, thank you, that's a better way to say it. Because <laughs> uh, that's really uh, neat to kind of make it then a pedagogical exactly. tool uh, as yeah. well as is doing right. this. And I imagine then your students who are taking art will learn a lot about how interactive art can be then right. firsthand mm -hmm. this way. Yeah. Now I'm going to keep going through this. <laughs> and, you know, just some really simple things about line and a circle, you know, those simple geometric forms uh, that uh, guide us on a daily basis, you know, um, are, are part of this. Uh, and the, how we move through life is uh, sometimes guided and sometimes uh, not. And so, you know, the two different aspects of the mazes are, are something we thought was important to include. What I like, I love them both. What I like about this one is that it is literally pacing you to rest, to stop. And how many times do we just keep going when we know I have, I have to stop? I just need a minute. And that's what this one is doing. It's literally pacing you through, getting to where you're trying to, to go but literally pacing yourself. Um, you know, catch your breath. Right. Yeah. Right. Whereas like the other one, the first one that we started with was kind of focused on choices. Mm -hmm. This one on mm -hmm. almost like self-care and yeah. Yeah. noticing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I would say, um, I have a picture I'll share with you all. When Ron and my pole were mapping out the, the first labyrinth, you know, I immediately said this would have been so cool. You know, we put it up during uh, the Mardi Gras break, but it would have been so cool for the students to see their professors pulling out yardsticks, rulers. We didn't have a protractor, so we used a trash can <laughs> to get the circles. I came through and I saw that. Oh, yeah. Right, right. You were here. And, you know, constantly measuring and balancing. You know, so you saw the, the, the science in the artistry. And I think that's something that would have been wonderful for our students to experience. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes it feels that there's a divide. Right. And to really see, you know, your hardcore creative professors, 
you know, out there doing the math, crunching the numbers, making sure that we had symmetry and balance, um, you know, and using the same tools that our, our, you know, students and colleagues in the STEM disciplines would have been using. Uh, you know, we need that kind of interaction and exposure as well. Yeah, and the spirit, yeah. Of, the spirit of cooperation yeah. uh, among us three uh, in the process of the making of the, of the uh, because it was made from scratch. We had no yeah. idea where we were going with it, and so uh, the idea of how you uh, plan and cooperate and to come up with a, a, a goal uh, and how we all get to that goal in a way where uh, it produces something that we're all happy with. Yeah. I think there was a lot of trust. Yeah. You know, that um, I am the least artistic of us, it is clear. And so I think at one point it was really a conversation between Ron and Mapo, how they were going to, you know, map out these two especially the first one and i'm kind of on the periphery you know just going okay i think i'm following this i think i'm following this and at one point i asked you know do y'all need me to do anything you know and i think my post said you know robin grab a crayon and i think ron looked like i don't know i don't i don't know <laughs> you know i don't know about that <laughs> and and i i laughed because like, you know what i don't know about it either <laughs> you know so it was also knowing being really cognizant of each other's strengths mm -hmm. and deferring to that. Yeah. You know, knowing we all have the best interest for this project and what it could do for, you know, the campus. And so it was effortless. It was absolutely effortless to, to get it done. It took a while, but there was no back and forth. It was, Once we got okay, our yeah. That was a, yeah. once we got our process in place. Yeah. Was, yeah. The funniest yeah. part for me was to see three Xavier professors running off to Home Depot to go get the carpet. <laughs> that was. Carpet, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, for those of you who cannot, listening who can't see, it really is just a, a Home Depot carpet sketched out like in chalk and crayon or oil and making the labyrinth. So that's yeah. neat. I really hope, having seen all this and kind of walked through it myself, I really hope that the campus community comes out and utilizes it. But since we've been even talking to each other, we've had you know a handful of students come through and do a little bit of something, and so they do. You know, we're emphasizing the students obviously because we really want them um, to be okay and to really cultivate wellness. But it's really a space for all of us. For all of us, you know, students, staff, faculty, administrators, whoever wants to be in this space, they're welcome in this space. Yeah. And that's a great note to end on, I think. Uh, thank you so much. We've been having a tour here uh, of the Imagining Grace installation. We've been talking uh, with Robin Vander and Ron Bechet and Elizabeth Yost Hammer. I'm Bart Everson. Thank you so much. <laughs>